Welcome to Texas True Crime. I'm your host, Jessica. I got to thinking, here we are, 26 episodes in, and I've never really told you anything about me. Some of you may not care. You may be like, hey, Jess, I'm just here to listen to the episode. And if you are, that's totally cool. I get it. But I love podcasts. I mean, obviously, why else would I start my own? And I like to know a little bit about my podcasters. So I thought I'd share a little bit with you today. If you're not interested, cool. Skip ahead five to six minutes. For everyone else, let me share a little bit. I live in a small town here in Texas, south of Austin, with my husband and our two girls. The town I currently live in is my hometown. I've lived in other places in Texas, only in Texas. But after our oldest daughter was born, we moved back to my hometown, not my husband's, to be closer to our family. Because you, any of you with kids know, little kids, you need help. And I'm super lucky because not only are all my family close by, my husband's family just lives 15 minutes away. So we're all here close and help each other out. It's great. Now, one of my older daughter is going to junior high this year. So y'all pray for me because anyone who either has a kid this age or has had a child this age knows that the drama is starting to kick in. And y'all, school hasn't even started yet. I'm a first grade teacher and I've been teaching for 20 years. I love it. Some days more than others, but I love it. And if you get me started about my job, I will tell you all about it and go on and on. I am, like I said, an avid podcast listener. And about two years ago, I started wanting to make a podcast of my own. I procrastinated about it, tried to convince several people to do one with me, and they were not interested. And so I hemmed and hawed around and then finally thought, just do it. It'll either work or it won't. So um, I bought all the equipment, did a little research, and jumped out there and started my own. And here we are. And let me tell you guys, we hit 15,000 downloads this week, and I can't believe it. I appreciate each and every one of you who listen regularly, who listen at all, who have shared the podcast with other people. Y'all are awesome. I never thought in January that by, here we are just in August, that I would have been at 15,000 downloads. And we're almost at 16,000 guys in just a week. So I appreciate each and every one of you. It's awesome. And I really love doing this. It's a lot of fun. I'm sorry I didn't get a new episode out to you guys last week. We were celebrating our younger daughter's birthday at the Ice Cream Museum at the Domain in Austin. If you live in the area or there's one close to you, it's really fun. Go check it out. So without further ado, let's get into our episode for today. Today we are going back to the year 2009 in El Paso, Texas. And we're going to be talking about David Marmalejo and the murder of his mother, Gloria. Now, I don't know if they give out Worst Son Awards, but if they do, he's definitely someone who would be in the running for it. Of course, Charlie White's son would be right up there with him, but you're going to know. David's a terrible excuse for a human being. There's really no other way around it. 
So let's tell you, let me tell you a little bit about David. David Marmalejo grew up in El Paso with his mother, Gloria, his father, Benny, and his brother, Manny. In 1995, Gloria and Benny divorced and Benny moved to Phoenix, Arizona. When David was in high school, he met Laura Solace. They had been dating for about a year when Laura got pregnant. She was 15 and David was 17. Now, Laura said that at first, David was all the things that you would want in a father and a spouse. He was loving. He was responsible. He was caring. Even at such a young age, he took on the full responsibility and accepted fathership. She said things were good at first. They lived with Gloria, David's mother, at her home in El Paso. In 2002, David got a job as an iron worker, and the young couple moved to Phoenix, where David's father, Benny, lived. Now, by this time, Benny had remarried, and his new wife had a young stepdaughter, Mariah, who was 11. Now, I want y'all to stop and think about this, because Mariah is going to play a big part in our story today. David is already, at by this time, in his 20s. He's married. He has a child of his own, and Mariah is 11, okay? Just get that in your mind. And it's his stepsister. Now, David and Laura spent a lot of time with Benny and his family while they lived in Phoenix, and Laura said that David paid a lot of attention to his young stepsister. And Laura really didn't agree with a lot of the attention. She really thought it was inappropriate. She felt a weird vibe about it, but she didn't say anything to David because she did say that David's behavior, the longer they were together, started to change. So she didn't question him a lot. But Laura said that the whole situation was a little eerie because it was obvious that Mariah had a crush on David and he insisted that she go everywhere with them, almost like a daughter, but not really. She said there were times that she actually wanted to tell David, hey, I'm your wife, not Mariah. So the ick factor is really strong already. Laura said that little by little, David started to change. He was more controlling and his temper became violent and it would show itself from time to time. Laura also said that by the end of their relationship, she was afraid for her own life because David became so volatile. Now, Laura also shared with the El Paso Times that the more time David spent with Mariah Wilson, his remember, young stepsister, the weirder things got between them. David's job required a lot of travel. And by now, Laura and David had three young kids, and they also wanted to buy a home. So to save money, and also so that Laura would have more help with the kids, she decided to move back home to El Paso and move back in with David's mom, Gloria. Gloria and Laura were very close, and by all accounts, Gloria was a wonderful person. She was very caring. She was very involved with her family and with her church and was really the backbone of her family. If they asked her to do something, she was right there. And everyone talked about just what a really sweet, nice person Gloria was. 
David stayed in Phoenix and he lived with his father, where we also know Mariah is. Laura said that after she moved back to El Paso, things were starting to happen that just didn't add up. David lied to her all the time and none of the lies made sense. In March, 2006, David was arrested on suspicion of viciously raping and robbing four sex workers in Phoenix. Now, of course, David denied it, but detectives told David that all four women said they were attacked by a man in a white Mitsubishi Eclipse with the word faith tattooed on his neck. Guess who else fit that description? And I don't know about y'all, but that sounds pretty specific to me. One of the women reported to police that he pointed a gun at her and said, you're going to do what I want you to, or I'll fucking shoot you. He then raped her, hit her in the face with the gun and stole $150 from her. One of the other women said he lured her in by backing into a pole at a gas station. She walked over and asked David if he was okay. When she got close to the car, he pulled out a gun and pointed at her and said, keep that smile on your face. I'm in control now. If you move or anything, I'll blow your head off. He then raped her, stole $103 from her, and told her to get out of the car. I mean, he's just a peach, isn't he, y'all? The other two women reported very similar attacks. Now, I didn't give the women's names because I did not find them anywhere. And, you know, they don't, they don't really need their identity all over the place. The police in Phoenix also searched David's car and his father's home because at that time he was living with his father, remember? They found a weapon and items that belonged to the women in his father's house and in David's car. Now, Laura was back in El Paso with the kids with Gloria and David did his best to keep Laura and his family in El Paso in the dark about what was really happening in Phoenix. But Laura suspected something. He wasn't telling the truth, but she knew something wasn't right. Well, David started backtracking on his story to the police. He said, yes, he did know those women and he did hire them, but he didn't rape any of them and he didn't attack any of them. But they were probably mad and trying to get back at him because when they were hired drunk, he just would shortchange them. He really wouldn't pay them the rate that they said they wanted, he would roll up a dollar bill or two or some $10 bills and just throw them at them and make them get out of his car. But police weren't buying this story. None of these women knew each other. They didn't get together and make up a revenge story to get David in trouble. So they arrested David on four counts of kidnapping, four counts of armed robbery, and 10 counts of sexual assault. Unfortunately, the charges against David didn't stick because according to police in Phoenix, when the prosecution process started, they were unable to locate the women who had reported David and he was able to walk away a free man. Laura said David's behavior after that got even worse because now, you know, he felt like he was invincible. He'd already gotten away with doing whatever he wanted the first time.
Not long after this, David was offered work in Hawaii. And I'm sure at this point, David thought, I need to get far away. So the whole family went to Hawaii together, Laura and the kids. At this point, David and Laura had four children together. Now, while we were there, David started seeing a woman named Adrian. Now, by all accounts, David's family said he fancied himself a ladies' man, and he just couldn't leave the ladies alone. So he started seeing Adrian behind Laura's back. Laura confronted David, and he said, no, nothing was going on. They were just friends. Laura confided in her mother-in-law that things were not going well, and she knew David was lying to her. She wasn't a fool. So Gloria called David and told him that she was very upset by his behavior. She told David that he was a married man with children. He needed to stop running around and fix his marriage before it was too late. She told him he knew better than this. He was raised better than this. Get it together. Well, David didn't stop seeing Adrian, and she became pregnant with his child. That was enough for Laura. She was done. So she packed up the kids and went back home to El Paso. She told David they were done, and she filed for divorce. David then moved in with Adrian and their child. But not long after he moved in with them, David also asked his 16-year-old stepsister, Mariah, to come and stay with them in Hawaii and live with them in their little apartment. Now, Adrian said the pair were very close, and at first she was okay with it. Mariah said she missed her stepbrother, and she thought, you know, it's okay. Let her come stay. She thought David was just a really good big brother. I think poor Adrian was just in denial, but... I don't know. I think it's odd, or I think I would think it was odd if all of a sudden my husband wanted his 16-year-old stepsister to come and stay with us. And Adrian also said, Mariah went everywhere with them. They didn't, you know, to me, if your 16-year-old stepsister came to stay with you and your new baby, that might be a great way for you to get some time together and she could watch the baby, but that's not what happened. And then Adrian also eventually started to become suspicious herself. In 2008, David was involved in a motorcycle accident and it was bad. In fact, it was so bad, he lost his leg. His mother, Gloria, immediately flew to Hawaii to help him to recover. Now, Mariah was still there living with Adrian and David. And Gloria immediately picked up on the fact that things were not just brother and sister-like behavior between Mariah and David. Gloria was horrified by this. I mean, obviously, who would not be? And she told David it was completely inappropriate that not only was Mariah's stepsister, but she was underage. David, of course, denied the relationship. He said, no, no, no. There was nothing going on with them. It was just Mariah needed a change of pace and came to Hawaii and he was happy to let her come out. But Gloria wasn't fooled by any of this. And the whole time she was in Hawaii helping with David's recovery, she told him this whole situation was not right. Mariah needed to go back to Phoenix. He'd already messed up one marriage. He needed to get it together and focus on the one he was in. But we all know that that is not how this story is going to end. 
Gloria even at one point while she was there called her ex-husband Benny and told him her suspicions and said, you know, this is inappropriate for Mariah to be living here. I think something's going on, but Benny blew her off. And Gloria returned home to El Paso after David recovered and Mariah stayed. Now, one day after Gloria had gone home, Adrian came home to find David and Mariah in bed together. She was horrified that he was in bed with his teenage stepsister. So Adrian kicked David out and sent Mariah home to Phoenix. When Gloria had gone back home to El Paso, she started having an uneasy feeling. She noticed that there was a neighbor who would stand and stare into her backyard at her directly. Now, the way the yards were set up, the neighbor's yard set up higher on a hill and looked down into Gloria's yard and both yards backed up to each other. So the neighbors had really had a prime view down into Gloria's backyard. Now, not only would he stand and stare directly at her into the backyard, he also started taking pictures of her. So this made her very uneasy. But instead of calling the police, she called David all the way in Hawaii. He told her he would come home and make sure that she was safe. Now remember, David isn't just doing this because he is such a loving, caring, thoughtful son. He doesn't have anywhere to live anymore. His relationship had fallen apart because he was caught with his underage stepsister because he's a disgusting eh, excuse for a human being and he has nowhere to go. So of course, he came home to mama. Gloria told him that he was welcome to live with her, but there would be no Mariah. She did not approve of the relationship and she would not tolerate it in her house and she would not tolerate it while David was living in her house. So not only could Mariah not come to the house, David was to not see her at all. But David agreed to everything and moved in with his mom. He helped her around the house. He helped her take care of things and everything seemed to be okay. But y'all know where this is going. David was still in touch with Mariah and she was in Phoenix. And here's the deal. Even though Phoenix and Arizona, Phoenix and Arizona, sorry y'all. Even though Arizona and Texas are two different states, it really isn't that far away. It's only about a five-hour drive from El Paso to Phoenix. So, I mean, you know, in the grand scheme of things, five hours is nothing. Mar Manny, Gloria's other son, also lived in Phoenix. And, you know, he'd been trying to convince his mother to come and stay with him and his family for a while. He thought it would be good for her to get out of El Paso, get away from the whole neighbor situation. She could relax a little. And, you know, she'd been very tense with everything and just get away. And really, truly to get away from the David and Mariah situation also. But Gloria had been putting him off because she felt like she needed to stay back in El Paso and keep David in check. But finally, in the summer of 2009, Gloria agreed to go to Arizona and spend some time with Manny and her grandkids. Gloria told David he could continue to live at the house while she was gone. In fact, she would like if someone was living there. He could watch out for the house, take care of things. But in no uncertain terms was Mariah welcome at the house. She even went so far as to tell family members in El Paso, keep an eye out and let her know 
if he had Mariah over at the house. Now, Gloria had only been gone for a month when Mariah made her way to El Paso and to David. Now, David tried very hard to hide the fact that Mariah was living there. He tried to hide it from friends and family because he didn't want his mama to know because then he'd be out of a home again. I mean, you know, it sounds like David, at least, obviously he was always abusive. But at one point, he seemed to really love and care about his mom. But it went downhill real quick. David just wanted what David wanted, and he was going to try to get it no matter what. So he tried his best to hide Mariah from family. This also, though, meant that David had control over Mariah. He told her who she could see and where she could go, all in the whole guise of the fact that they had to keep her a secret. Gloria couldn't know. But, y'all, here we are again. Remember a few weeks ago when we, you know, talked about Darlene, that she wasn't all that smart? Well, David's not all that smart either. You know, his family soon suspected that Mariah was there, and they let Gloria know what was going on. I mean, David was taking her out to restaurants and to movies and hanging out with other friends. It, You know, even though El Paso's not small, the people they were close to, it's like a small community, right? They were going to report. And they did. And I also, this whole time, there I couldn't find any reports on what Mariah's mother thought of all this. And I just have to wonder, was she clueless the whole time? And, and I know, you know, like, sometimes parents bury their head in the sand because they just don't want to think about the fact that something bad could be going on. And this was her husband's son. I don't know. Or maybe she didn't care. I don't know. But I never saw any reports on the mother, on Mariah's mother's feelings about this. We know that Benny didn't do anything about it. So I kind of got off track there. Sorry. Gloria called David and she asked if Mariah was there, but he denied it. But Gloria was suspicious. I mean, after all, friends and family had said, hey, we don't have proof, but we're pretty sure. So Gloria decided that it was time for her to pay David a visit. And she told him she was going to come home, check on the house and see how things were. She also told David that if she got home and found out Mariah was there or had been there, she was going to kick him out of the house. He would have to leave. Well, we all know how that goes. He's worried that his gravy train's running out, right? So on July 25th, 2009, Gloria drove back to Texas to check in on things. When she arrived, it was obvious that Mariah had been living there. Because again, David's not real smart, or he thinks he's just going to get away with it. He didn't do a very good job of hiding Mariah's things or hiding the fact that someone else was living there with him. Also, the house was filthy. And Gloria was furious. Here's her home that she's worked so hard to take care of, to buy, and been gracious enough to let her son live in it for free. All he had to do was not bring his underage stepsister around, and keep the house nice. Did he do any of those things? No. He wasn't holding up his end of the bargain at all. Now, like I said, 
Dave and Mariah were not home when she got there. So Gloria called her mother and just said she would had it. She was done. But she was going out to buy cleaning supplies because there was no way she could even sleep in that house because it was so disgusting. So she told her mother that she was going to confront David and Mariah and tell him he didn't hold up his end of the bargain. He couldn't stay. They finished up their conversation, though, on a happy note, saying that Gloria's birthday was coming up and that while she was home, they were going to have everyone over. Gloria's mother was going to have everyone over to celebrate her birthday. And that was the last time that Gloria, Gloria's mother, or any of her family heard from her. Now, Manny became concerned when he hadn't heard from his mother. And so by around 5.15 in the evening, he called his uncle and asked her to go over and check on Gloria. That wasn't like her. You know, she usually called and checked in and said, hey, I made it. I'm safe. I'm here. So Gloria's brother went over to check on her. But when he arrived at the house, no one was there. He tried calling Gloria, no answer. He called Gloria, he called Manny back and said that no one was home and that no one was answering when he called. Now, David also claimed that he had not seen or heard from his mother. So on July 28th, 2009, after not hearing from her or seeing her in three days, Gloria's family filed a missing persons report on her with the El Paso Police Department. It was her 55th birthday. No one had seen or heard from her in three days. I kind of wonder, too, since this was so, and y'all, I'm not, you know, blaming the family. They had their reasons. But I do kind of wonder, since this was so out of character for Gloria, why they waited so long to report her missing. I'm sure they had their reasons. But there had been no bank activity since she left Phoenix. Her phone was going straight to voicemail and her car was missing. So she was out there somewhere, but no one knew where. Now, police immediately began canvassing the neighborhood and talking to family. Gloria's brother told the police about the strange neighbor who had been bothering her before she left and went to Manny's. So that was the El Paso Police Department's first stop was with the neighbor. Now, it turned out that the neighbor was a grown man living with his mother, but he suffered from several mental health issues and he was not always really aware of social norms. And the mom had figured out what was going on and stopped her son from staring down into the, into the yard and from taking pictures. And police were able to verify that and quickly ruled him out. Manny and David decided to appeal to the media to get word out about Gloria's disappearance. And if you watch, there's Gloria's two sons and her brother standing there on camera together telling the media Manny spoke and they were very emotional telling the media what a wonderful person Gloria was and you know to please help them find their mother and bring her back home now David didn't speak but he stood in the background and wept the entire time and by all reports people said you know he looked sincere he looked heartbroken you know he was missing his mother but we know better now, a few days later, police found Gloria's red SUV just a few blocks from her home parked on the side of the road. Her phone and her purse were still in the vehicle. The Texas decided they needed to go back to Gloria's home for a second look. While they were there, they found beads on the garage floor from a broken necklace and blood smeared on a cabinet door inside the garage. 
And it was starting to look like police to police that this was their crime scene. Now, while police were there, a neighbor also came forward and told them that on July 26th, between 5 and 5.30 a.m., now remember, Gloria got there on July 25th. So this is early the next morning. The neighbor spotted Gloria's red SUV pull out of the garage and leave. Now, police asked how well the neighbor knew Gloria. And she said that she knew Gloria very well. They lived across the street from each other for years and that they were friends. They had talked, you know, all the time. So the police said, would you be able to identify if it was Gloria driving her car? And the neighbor said, well, of course, but it was not Gloria driving her car. It was a young woman and she looked like she was probably in her early 20s. And she looked very scared and anxious. The young woman matched the description of Mariah Wilson. So police brought Mariah in for questioning, but at first she refused to talk. But they knew something was up. For one, she had a cut on her finger and the explanation of how she got it made no sense. They also called David in, but he wasn't budging and denied anything, any wrongdoing with his mother at all. Police knew that Mariah was the key to everything. That if they could get her to start talking, then they would know what really happened to Gloria. So they kept calling Mariah back, and little by little, they got the story out of what really happened. Mariah told police that David was violent and that he frequently put her in check physically. He began touching her when she was 14, and that soon after that, their sexual relationship began. Now, um, a psychologist watched the whole, all the series of interviews with Mariah and said that, you know, really Mariah was just as much of a victim of David as anyone else because he'd been grooming her since she was 11. And as far as she was concerned, David was in full control. And I know she helped David, but I feel sorry for her because I do really believe she was scared of him. And he, he'd been right there since she was a little girl. Mariah also told police that when she was 15, she became pregnant with David's child. When her mother asked who the father was, she lied to her mother and told her that it was a kid from her soccer team's baby. Mariah had the baby and gave it up for adoption and things continued between her and David. She told police that she was scared of David. And in fact, the blood in the garage did not belong to Gloria Marmalejo. It actually belonged to Mariah because a fight she and David had gotten into earlier in the month turned violent. And that was her blood smeared on the cabinet. Police knew David was guilty, but he wouldn't give anything up. He told police that he was at the movies with Mariah and some friends on the day his mother Gloria arrived. David said Gloria called her and said that she was locked out of the house and asked him to come over and let her in. So being the good, caring son that David was, he left the movies, unlocked the door for her, helped her carry her things into the house, gave her a kiss, and went back to the movies. David said that he was only gone 45 minutes total. He completely lied. On July 31st, six days after Gloria was reported missing by her family, 
Her remains were found in the Santa Teresa Desert in New Mexico. Gloria was lying on her back with a bag over her head, a bag on both hands and on one foot. She had been choked so hard that her trachea had been crushed and she could not be identified right away. Police called in her son Manny to identify her and he said the clothes that she was wearing matched what she had on when she left his home six days earlier. They also used her fingerprints to identify her and it was Gloria. Police, like I said, they knew David was guilty, but they couldn't get him to crack. And at this point, Mariah also didn't want to say anything because she was scared. Police pulled David's phone records. At 1.37 a.m. on the night Gloria went missing, he made a call 28 miles outside of El Paso near where Gloria's body was found. David denied this. He said he was home asleep. Police decided that they needed to make a deal with Mariah so that she would talk to them. They offered her immunity for her cooperation. Now, Mariah finally started talking and telling them what really happened that night. She said Gloria called David that evening while they were at the movies, and she was already upset with him. So he left the theater and was gone for three hours, not just the 45 minutes he claimed. Mariah got worried and texted him and asked what was taking so long. David texted her back and said he was taking care of something. He then texted her back a little later and said, I had to do what I had to do. Now, Mariah at this point was getting worried, but remember, the women in David's life don't question him because they're scared of him. David finally met back up with the group, and on the way home in the car, he told Mariah he'd killed his mother. At first, she didn't believe him. He told Mariah he and his mother got into an argument because she found Mariah's things. He knocked her down onto the floor of the bathroom and strangled her with a belt. He also took off one of Gloria's shoes, hit her in the head with it, and hid the shoe because he was trying to throw police off and thinking there was a smaller person than him who had done everything. He then made Mariah help him drive his mother's car and leave it on the side of the road and go back to the house and clean up the crime scene. She said she washed the bathroom mats and helped uh, scrape blood out of the grout on the tile on the floors and get rid of as much evidence as possible. Police arrested David and charged him with the murder of his mother. His first trial in El Paso was very emotional and ended in a mistrial. Now, on his way into court, the media asked him how he felt, and he said he felt terrible. They asked him, they said, David, if you could say one thing to your mother, what would you say? And he said, I would say, mother, I'm so sorry. Please help me. Are you kidding me, dude? Help you? Like, I, I mean, I don't know, y'all. I just can't. David was retried in March of 2011 in San Antonio. Again, it was very emotional. Gloria's brother told the jury that her murder had torn the family apart. He said their family used to be close, but now they barely spoke. The jury found 29-year-old David Marmalejo guilty of the murder of his mother, Gloria. They sentenced him to 54 years in prison, one year for every year that Gloria had lived. David's family said they still cannot forgive him for what he did, and I don't blame them one bit. 
In 2017, David was extradited back to Phoenix, Arizona, where he finally was held accountable for the rapes and robberies of the women in 2006. And he is still in jail. Mariah Wilson has a daughter of her own and was last reported as working as a preschool teacher in Arizona. Thank you for listening today. Please remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Also, tell a friend about Texas True Crime. I love to hear from you. You can find me on Instagram at Texas True Crime Pod, on Facebook at Texas True Crime, or you can email me at Texas True Crime Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you all for listening, and I will see you next time. Bye.